Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. Tampa's mayor, Jane Castor, is running for re-election. Election day is March 7th and Castor hasn't drawn a major opponent. I met with Castor at City Hall to talk about some of the challenges and opportunities facing Tampa, including improving mass transit and building more affordable housing, and speculation about whether the rays might shift across the bay from St. Petersburg. Castor, who served as police chief during a 31-year career with the Tampa Police Department, also talked about law enforcement issues in the city and nationally. She discussed her reaction to the killing of Tyree Nichols at the hands of five Memphis police officers and the national conversation around police reform. And she addressed last year's resignation of Tampa Police Chief Mary O'Connor after body cam footage showed her asking a deputy to let her and her husband go from a traffic stop. So you're running for re-election, asking city residents to endorse you again. I want to talk to you about some of your priorities for the second term, but first... Uh, let me ask you about the Tampa Bay Rays and your thoughts on if the Rays decide to move across the bay from St. Petersburg, how realistic is it to think that Tampa could or would build a stadium? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's very realistic. Uh, right now, uh, I guess it's not a good analogy, but I would say that the ball is in the Rays' court right now because it's going to cost them a lot more to build a stadium in the Tam- in Tampa than it will in St. Petersburg where they already own the land the city does so mm-hmm. um, we're just waiting on the raise but again the focus is I think Mayor Welsh and myself is to ensure that the Tampa Bay Rays stay in Tampa Bay right. if that's St. Pete that's good for uh, St. Petersburg if it's in Tampa it's great for us. I guess any city that's kind of waterbound on a couple of sides you're going to have challenges putting a stadium or something that big, right? So that might be a challenge if, for Mm -hmm. some reason, the Rays decide that Tampa is where they want to be. I don't know if it's the geographic uh, square footage as much as the attraction of the fans and the ability of fans to get to uh, a stadium that's constructed. Let me turn to policing. Uh, First, I just wanted to get your reaction as a former police chief to the killing of Tyree Nichols. What went through your mind as uh, details of that story came to light? You know, to hear about it was very disturbing, and then to actually see that video was sickening, as I believe it would be for anyone who watched uh, the entire video uh, segments or even a portion of them. Uh, we hold police officers to the highest standards. And police officers, uh, by virtue of the profession, are judged as one. And this is one of the things that I say when our new recruits are sworn in. I say, when you put on that uniform and that badge, to a degree, you've lost your individuality. You represent a thousand other men and women that proudly wear that uniform, and your actions should reflect positively. And really, any individual that is a, a uniformed police officer, their actions reflect on the over 800,000 law enforcements that we have nationwide. And to think that anyone, much less a police officer, would act in a way like that is uh, beyond disturbing. 
I suppose as the leader of a major city and somebody who has such a deep background in law enforcement, you must feel I'm obligated to watch this whether I want to or not, right? Exactly. Mm. Yes. And speaking of obligations to watch it, uh, one of my first calls went to uh, Chief Lee Burkall and a request that he and his staff attend every single roll call and ensure that every member of the Tampa Police Department watched that video or those video segments and that there was a discussion following that viewing. What about the bigger question of police reform? You know, sort of, I guess, in connection with this particular story, but other stories too, what what needs to change mm-hmm. when it comes to that? Well, it's an interesting question because I was part of a group with the U.S. Conference of of Mayors, along with uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, and and others that came together with some of the major city chiefs and talked about, we wrote a position paper on changes in law enforcement, but I have had subsequent conversations since this uh, incident in Memphis and talking with other mayors about how we can affect change at the local level and not waiting for the federal government to make decisions or to pass legislation, that we really need to take on this task at the local level and ensure that there is positive change in law enforcement nationwide. I wonder about that local level, though, too, because especially in Florida, it seems like there is a bit of a trend for directions to come from the state. Like, do you feel like that might be a challenge trying to enact policies or make change at the local level when you might have different directives coming from the the state government? I certainly hope not, because at the end of the day, everyone, whether you're at the local level, the state level, or you're just a citizen of Florida, Everyone wants good government, and they want to ensure that the services that are being provided are uh, the best that can possibly be rendered, and especially when it comes to law enforcement. Um, That's something that that every, uh, every resident, not only in Tampa, but throughout the state of Florida and throughout the nation, uh, should should be aware of and uh, should demand certain standards to be upheld in law enforcement. So on that note, let me ask you then about former Tampa Police Chief Mary O'Connor. She resigned last December after body cam footage emerged showing her asking a deputy to let her go from a traffic stop. Now you said after accepting a resignation that I'm quoting here, it's unacceptable for any public employee and especially the city's top law enforcement leader to ask for special treatment because of their position and that public trust in Tampa's police department is paramount to our success as a city and community, end quote. How badly, Mayor Cassidy, do you think that incident damaged the public's trust in the Tampa Police Department? I don't know that it damaged the trust in the police department. Uh, You know, that was an an incident. Every police officer puts on a uniform, is still a human being, and makes mistakes. This particular mistake, especially from a leader of the police department, was something that certainly couldn't be recovered from. Uh, There are expectations of everyone, as I said previously, that puts on a uniform, that they are held to the highest standards, and even more so for anyone in a position of leadership, uh, because they do reflect those standards for the entire organization. So it, I think that her actions were reflective of her and her poor choices, 
and not of the men and women at the Tampa Police Department. When Mary O'Connor was confirmed as police chief, there were some concerns raised from some commissioners and some in the city, including members of the city's black and Hispanic communities, about the selection process and the choice of O'Connor. I'm wondering, Mayor, in hindsight, do you think the selection process could have been handled differently? Was Mary O'Connor the right person for the job? Mary O'Connor was the right person for the job. She had the experience from the Tampa Police Department. She had gone through the uh, multiple years of change at the Tampa Police Department and organizational change is one of the most difficult things you'll ever go through, uh, especially in a uh, first responder law enforcement and fire cultures. So she had that experience and then she had five years of national exposure uh, to different uh, best practices in law enforcement, to different agencies, uh, seeing some of the mistakes that were made. So she by far was the best choice for that position at the time. You know, hindsight uh, is always the best position. And anytime you can improve upon a process, I'm certainly going to take feedback and do everything that we can uh, to improve upon that. And I think that the, the improvement would be more exposure uh, to the community. We had um, a particular session where the candidates came in. They were able to meet with staff at the police department, staff at the city, uh, with the public, with several different um, groups, organizations, citizen organizations in the city as well. But at the end of the day, the police chief, in my personal opinion, is the most important position in any administration and it has to be the right person for the job it can't be a popularity contest let me turn to some of the priorities you've talked about if you're if you succeed in this uh, re-election campaign you've listed transportation affordable housing workforce development sustainability as your top priorities quite a lot to get through there but let's talk about how you will address some of those starting with transportation and as we know, the bid for a penny sales tax for transportation in Hillsborough County was defeated at the ballot box. Would have been spent on things like roadway improvements, transit enhancement. How much of a setback is this? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a setback, you know, and it, it's uh, uh, frustrating and disappoint, disappointing uh, in equal measures when you have a ballot initiative and the, the citizens vote for it and then... Um, one individual is successful in in having it uh, taken away. But with that said, we're not going to slow down. We have got to find uh, the solutions for transportation, and that includes mass transit solutions. And so we are exploring other funding sources. We have to. It's not a question of want, it is a question of need. We have got to provide transportation solutions if we expect to realize uh, the success and the potential that our community has. The Tampa Bay Area Regional Transit Authority is winding down. Where does that leave the city of Tampa in terms of planning for better connections with other cities across the Tampa Bay region? Well, we still have the, the planning commissions and that is one area When you look at transportation, South Florida has been more successful in receiving uh, federal transit dollars and state funding than the Tampa Bay region has Mm -hmm. been. And part of that is because we haven't spoken as one voice 
up in Tallahassee or in Washington. So that's something that that I'm working on uh, with the other mayors and really as a region that we have to speak with one voice. And that doesn't mean that you can't have plans that are specific uh, to your local needs, but that we all have to understand what the needs are for the region, the Tampa Bay region. Let me ask about the Hillsborough Area Regional Transit Authority. Uh, There's been a review of its organizational issues from an outside consultant group which indicated problems including transparency, resistance to change, and lack of effective leadership. What do you think it's going to take to get Hart back on track? Well, that that assessment referred to the previous administration, mm-hmm. and there are complaints against the current administration that are being investigated. But um, you know, I, it's my hope that those issues are uh, resolved, and that uh, the leadership can continue to move Hart forward. The most critical issue for Hart is funding. It is one of the most underfunded uh, transportation systems, bus systems in the entire United States. And when you look at ridership, we I just came from uh, Tampa Bay Partnerships uh, economic presentation, and we are one of the lowest in ridership of our bus system in the nation as well. So the issue is twofold. One, we have to provide the reliable services for our community. And two, we have to change that mindset or that culture that says that mass transit is for uh, poor people. And once you can afford to get a car, you buy a car and you don't have to take the bus any longer. Do you think Adelie Legrand is the right person to lead Hart? Like, do you have confidence in her? I have, I do have confidence in Adelie Legrand, and um, I hope that this investigation uh, shows that she didn't have involvement in um, uh, the issue that that is is being looked into. Uh, when it comes to back to the organizational change, it's very very difficult. And she came into the organization to be a change agent. And that's not going to make everyone happy. There's a big difference, um, you know, in, in people not wanting their environment to be changed and a leadership uh, that may be toxic. And it's, it's my belief that it's the former. You're listening to Florida Matters. We're talking with Tampa Mayor Jane Castor, who's running for re-election, about challenges facing the city and the issues she thinks are important for Tampa. Coming up, Tampa is growing fast and the cost of housing is going up. We'll talk with Castor about affordable housing and other issues, including what a more conservative state legislature means for the city. The conversation continues in a moment. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. Let's get back to our conversation with Tampa Mayor Jane Castor, recorded at City Hall last week. Castor, who served as police chief during her 31-year career with the Tampa Police Department before running for mayor in 2019, has not drawn a major opponent in her re-election bid. One of the biggest challenges facing Tampa is the need for more affordable housing. Castor says solving the housing crisis includes finding money to build more housing and putting resources into transit. Let me turn then to affordable housing. The city of Tampa budgeted about $46 million in housing assistance for the fiscal year, and it's more than previous years, my understanding. But Economic Development Director Nicole Travis noted recently 
the need for affordable housing outstrips the money that the city has to put into it. So where do you look to for more mm-hmm. money for affordable housing? Because there is a pressing need right. for it. We look everywhere. It uh, The housing crisis is real throughout the nation and um, really is most pronounced in areas that are the most quickly growing, which the city of Tampa and the Tampa Bay area are among the fastest growing in our nation. Mm-hmm. And I certainly understand and can empathize with those individuals that are asking for a rent control or uh, uh, rent restrictions, but really it comes down to a supply and demand equation. We've got to be able to provide the housing in whatever form that is, anything from tiny homes, uh, multifamily, single family dwelling, whatever it is, we have to provide uh, the adequate supply for the overwhelming demand that we're having right now. And we, we are making great headway in that from the market level, all the way down to subsidized housing. We have a goal of 10,000 affordable units by 2027, and we're already up uh, around or past 6,000. And so we have no doubt we're gonna exceed that goal, but we just have to look at every possible avenue that we can address the housing crisis and that includes transportation Mm -hmm. because if one if we can have transit oriented development along some of the bus lines or other uh, mass transit solutions or initiatives the streetcar then you can take that cost of transportation off of someone's budget plate and they have more to put towards housing so again we are looking at this from every possible angle I think one of the challenges with you know that transit-oriented design, though, cities that do it well, like developments and, and housing around those transit stops, the price of that skyrockets, right? Because people say, I want to live on a, a tram line or a train line. So yes. you've got to, how do you kind of adjust for that to make sure that people don't get priced out? That's a, that's a great question as well, because as we grow, we have to ensure that that growth is very thoughtful, very intentional, and very inclusive. I think what makes Tampa unique is that individuals don't live in segregated neighborhoods. Everybody lives together. And so as we grow, we have to ensure that we aren't pricing individuals out of our community. And the solution to that, again, comes with not only the price of homes, but transportation solutions and also workforce development, Mm -hmm. making sure that you are providing those uh, high-skilled jobs that will pay, providing the training for trades, every possible job uh, that we can create that will provide an income that will allow our residents to afford to live in whatever neighborhood they want to reside in. Mayor Castor, you mentioned rent control a moment ago, and there is an affordable housing bill in the state legislature that would limit the ability of local government to set rent controls that would also limit certain local rules around density and building heights. Should local municipalities be able to set rent controls if they see fit? Well, there there already is legislation that um, prohibits uh, the rent control or uh, rent stabilization at mm-hmm. the state level. Uh, you also have to have had a housing survey, and we are in this particular budget, in our 2023 uh, budget, we have the funds to do that housing survey so that'll be completed uh, by the end of the year i certainly um, believe in home rule and that every 
municipality and county throughout Florida has different needs and requirements. And so allowing those leaders at the local level to have a say in how their uh, community develops, how their uh, policies are, are um, drafted and crafted, I think that's critically important that local leaders are able to direct their community the way that the residents uh, are asking for. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question about sustainability. What did you learn from Hurricane Ian about where Tampa needs to be ready or could be better prepared mm-hmm. for the next big storm? Like, What were the takeaways for you? Well, we always learn from every storm uh, that not only affects the state of Florida, but really any state in the nation, specifically the uh, southeast uh, seems to be the recipient of the majority of the hurricanes. But we always look at those after actions and those lessons learned. We do our own after actions and look at the lessons learned, best practices, and put those into our emergency management and response plans. I'm very proud of our city, not only the Tampa team, but of our residents as well. And one of the areas that we really have to look at is that development in the high hazard areas and and looking at development along the waterways. If if you review what happened in down south where Ian actually struck in uh, Fort Myers Beach, Fort Myers, those structures, including residential and commercial, that were built to higher standards were able to sustain uh, the storm's wrath where those that weren't were literally wiped out. Mm, yeah, you saw that in Hurricane Michael as well. Okay, so development. I mean, there's there's a lot of development underway in Tampa. You mentioned uh, along the river there's plans to expand Riverwalk, uh, mixed-use development at Channelside Drive, student housing tower near the University of South Florida, just to name a few. Um, I want to ask you, though, about the city of Tampa's $108 million city center complex on East Hannah Avenue. There was some criticism for not rebidding after costs ballooned and for lack of diversity and hiring contractors to work on the project. What has the city done to address those concerns? Well, the cost didn't balloon. That was a decision uh, that I made personally. Uh, we could have taken that and rebid the entire process, which would have delayed it and would have increased the costs. But what the decision that was made uh, was the correct decision, in, in my opinion. And it was um, something that was allowed And so I made the decision in the essence of time, uh, saving funds and ensuring that we had a central location that the residents of Tampa could come to for the majority of their services and their needs. If you look at um, how quickly we've been able to develop that city center, we're going to, we have a number of leases that are coming up. Uh, rent that we won't have to pay in different locations and bringing over seven uh, city departments together there, including workforce training for fleet maintenance, uh, the possibility of a culinary center there, community gathering. It's, it's going to be a structure, the largest in, in recent history for the city of Tampa, 
uh, one of the largest development projects that really is going to be a jewel in the crown of not only East Tampa, but the city of Tampa as well. And none of these large projects go without criticism. Mm. And uh, it's a decision that was made. I stand by it. And I think it was in the best interest of, of our community, not only from a standpoint of service provision, but from a fiscal responsibility as well. And I'm very proud of the uh, women and minority uh, business uh, percentages that we have that are involved in that project as well. Also proud of the apprenticeship, uh, the workforce development that's going on. It, it really is a project that we should all be applauding in the city. There is a more conservative, I think you could say, leadership in Tallahassee, right? There's a Republican supermajority. And I want to sort of figure out what that means for Tampa. And specifically, if you talk about some of the quote-unquote cultural war issues, the DeSantis administration has taken aim, for example, at LGBTQ plus and diversity, equity and inclusion issues. And when you were elected, uh, Mayor Cassie, you were the first gay woman to, to lead a major city mm -hmm. in the southeast. Does it feel kind of like a personal attack when you reflect on some of these things? And I guess a subsequent question to that, how would you, how would you address these challenges mm -hmm. as mayor? Well, first of all, having been a police officer for 31 years, you don't take anything personally. So, uh, you know, my position is to ensure that I'm making decisions and relationships in the best interest of our community. So I have always uh, worked well with state leaders here in Tampa, as I believe we have in the, the entire Tampa Bay region. But when you look at some of the decisions that are being made, um, you know, I always want to, to make the decisions in the best interest of the community, the decisions that are the correct decisions to be made, and that are good for business as well. And so excluding um, any individuals from, you know, their right to choose whatever they feel they need to for the best quality of life uh, is, is not a position that I would take. And I think that that is detrimental to business in the community, conventions that aren't gonna wanna come to our, our area, uh, businesses that may not see us as welcoming. One of the things when, when I uh, stand next to the EDC recruiting businesses to the Tampa Bay area, uh, there are several questions. One, one's about the educational system, about transportation, about the quality of life, and then also about an inclusive community that companies want to know that their team's going to be welcome when they when they arrive in the city of Tampa. Does, does that put you on a collision course then with state government? It really hasn't yet. You know, we sell ourselves as a city of Tampa, and we have the the good fortune of selling the Tampa Bay area. I quite often get called the the mayor of Tampa Bay, and I say, well, that's a body of water. But it is a unique position that is very advantageous when you can sell uh, Tampa, St. Pete, and Clearwater. Mm. You know, and whoever, if a business chooses St. Pete, that's a win for Tampa and Clearwater, and vice versa for the other two. So um, I think we're in a great position here, and some of the decisions that have been made at the state level have not had an impact, direct impact on our region as of yet. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to say to our listeners or the people of Tampa? I've said in the past that 
the reason that I ran for mayor originally and, and have decided to run again uh, for a second term is because I see this as a very, very unique time in Tampa's history and that we have the potential to rise to a level of success that I have never seen in my life. And this is a great time for our community. It's a great time for the Tampa Bay region, and we're gonna make the most of this potential. Yeah, Casper, thanks for your time. My pleasure. And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.